We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're not just going to be able to throw money at the problem. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. That's kind of out of context. That is Rick Hahn just uh, talking about the uh, the offseason, generally speaking. And, and they're not able to throw money at the problem right now. And the problem right now is that they have signed a, uh, a starting pitcher who is under MLB uh, investigation for spousal abuse and for um, – for domestic abuse and for child abuse. And that would be Mike Clevenger. And that report uh, broke yesterday when uh, uh, when uh, The Athletic wrote a story in cooperation with uh, a, a, a mother of one of his children. He has three children uh, with, two, with, with his wife and his girlfriend, and this is the girlfriend. And, um, and uh, she... Um, claims abuse and there are photos online if you do a deep dive on this it'll it'll disturb you um and uh and we've talked about what is left then for the uh for the uh the the uh white Sox to do about this and and frankly right now there's nothing for them to do about it and uh david i uh I, I do feel fairly confident in saying I doubt this guy ever pitches for the White Sox, but they will go through a process now, um, and uh, and we'll we'll have to deal with this moving forward. Well, they're going through the process. You're exactly right. It is as disturbing as it is disappointing that it has gotten to this point, and there will be an investigation that needs to be completed. Uh, and, and yeah, Rick Hahn was talking about boy back when uh, the free agency yep. and trades were all that we were talking about as it pertains to the White Sox not throwing money at the problem. Now, if you did it, the problem is Mike Clevenger, and it would cost you roughly, we think, twelve million dollars to rid yourself. That's what they're committed to him. Uh, that's what they signed him for. And you have to wonder if that's going to be the price of, of integrity for the White Sox. Do they make that kind of statement? if they do indeed part company with the guy who, you know, the details are that we have seen in that report that you referenced, Molly, disturbing. It reminds me of the Addison Russell situation when uh, first his, you go back to 2018 and there, was, uh, there were allegations based from, from his um, ex-wife or the mother of his children and he that ended up leading to an investigation. His ex-wife um, detailed physical, mental, emotional abuse during their marriage. He received a 40-game suspension, and it was the beginning of a descent for Addison Russell that um, made him you know, drop out of baseball. Too early to project all that, but it is not too early to hope that the White Sox deal with this in a way that is you know, as quickly as possible, and they do the right thing. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, I think that um, 
yeah, I understand there's a process that you go through. I understand. I, I just, I, you know, I never, I never want to see this guy pitch for the White Sox. I, I just don't ever want to see it because of what it would represent. And I get it. You know, they're apparently out of money. They don't have any cash. They can't do anything. And, uh, and, and they couldn't sign another pitcher at any point. It's, I saw Michael Walker was out there. Was what is there something? But they don't have any money. Uh, you know, obviously they didn't get Johnny Cueto back before he signed. They knew this, right? So you would think that they could have, you know, at least prevented him from getting off the market. I don't know. I, it's I mean, bad though when you have to go out and sign a backup plan for your backup plan. And Mike Clevenger joining this rotation was a replacement for Johnny Cueto, who was the original backup plan. And now they are to the point where, from a baseball perspective, they do, uh, they are uh, in, in a tough spot. They are stuck, if you will, because I do. I have a hard time, like you, envisioning a scenario where Mike Clevenger is on the mound wearing a White Sox uniform. I don't want to see that. I hope that we never see that. And I think that if things are going in that direction, they now have to figure out a way to number one do that in a fair manner, uh, according to the process and protocol. But also, yeah, find a find an adequate replacement. Michael Waka, there'll be other names out there, but you wonder what signing Clevenger prevented them from doing after they signed Clevenger back in November. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I um you know, again, I think that uh they did we you know, by all accounts, the uh the MLB is not allowed to reveal details of ongoing investigations. So the Players Association and MLB could not reveal this information to the White Sox when they made that uh, when they made that signing, and they apparently didn't learn about it until a week after or something. And uh, and now they know about it. And and again, I'm I'm just surprised that they they didn't try to get themselves some cover because I don't think I don't think regardless of what baseball said, I'm just trying to think of how. Uh, this thing went down with um, with Trevor Bauer. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that that he was never. I I think he was just suspended by MLB, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think the team had anything to do uh, with it. And then you know maybe that's the way it, this goes. It, maybe maybe the MLB puts a suspension on the player who's on a one year deal. Although I think there is a second year. Um, I think the White Sox would probably have to pay four million. Buy him out. Second, yeah, yeah, it's an eight million dollars. I think salary, four million dollar yeah. buyout, which is yeah. a twelve million dollar total. And right in the case of Trevor Bauer, MLB uh, did their own investigation. They implemented a record three hundred twenty four game suspension. He appealed, sat out the entire twenty twenty two season. The ban was reduced to one hundred ninety four games, which had already been served. So he was reinstated after that. But the Dodgers, the the decision the Dodgers made that affected this entire process came after the fact in that they released him, cost him $22 million, right. and the Major League Baseball arm was the arm that disciplined Trevor right. Bauer, which in this case, with Mike Clevenger, you expect that to be the case. So in some ways, Molly, what you're describing, and I think we agree here, the White Sox have, if you want to call it, plausible deniability this is the major league baseball's thing but there's yeah. also a reasonable expectation that they're going to uh, respond in kind after major league baseball does what they're going to do right 
yes, you would think that they'd still want to be able to line up their team, etc. And this guy was, while not uh, an essential part of it, he was part of the rotation. That was the piece that they signed uh, in the offseason to to give them depth in their rotation. And um, and it's a pity that, that this has turned out that way from a Sox per perspective. It's a tragedy from, um, you know, the, the uh, people victimized from their perspective, uh, if indeed that is uh, proven to be the case. Uh, I, I think, David, you know, Dustin wanted to talk about it briefly in context of uh, Addison Russell. And, and, you know, it's interesting because Addison Russell uh, was on the Cubs and uh, there was a domestic issue where his wife came out and talked about abuse. And the Cubs um, initially, yeah, I'm trying to remember the time frame of it, but, you know, I think there's a couple things to remember. Addison Russell, they had Addison Russell when he was young. They traded for him when he was still a young man and he was a part of their championship and they were kind of invested in him. This is a completely separate issue because this is not a guy that they had a pre-existing relationship with. They didn't know him as a, as a kid. They didn't feel responsible for him in any way. They didn't want, you know, that white Sox don't need to do any. This was a business transaction gone wrong. And uh, and Addison Russell was like a, a guy under their charge that uh, ran into an issue, right? I, I just well, think it's – I think that what you're saying is – and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but with Addison Russell is the, the name that comes to mind because it was in Chicago. Yes. And it has in common with the Sox situation with Clevenger because both are involving Major League Baseball investigations into domestic abuse. But – where it gets different is that the investigation in the Cubs case included what what I think was an obligation they felt to see it through right. because of a player that they had helped develop, who had helped them win, and they felt a connection to. There's no such connection with the White Sox and Mike Clevenger. He has exactly. never won a game for them no, no. or represented them at all. No, there was, there was no pre-existing relationship. There was no, you know – it. With the Cubs, they felt a sense of responsibility because the player was, you know, in their system, in their charge. And I think that they felt um, that they were going to try to do what was right by him and by his uh, his wife. And they, they wanted to handle the situation differently because of the people involved in it. Right. Mm -hmm, they, mm -hmm. Like he was a cub when he, when he got married, right. He was, they, they were, they just felt responsible. A, 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 yes. A responsibility uh, toward even the player himself who, who stepped a foul. Right. Theo Epstein receives criticism for the way that he publicly took responsibility or his part in the, in the process of, well, you know, we owe this guy something because this happened on our watch. And right. it wasn't necessarily they felt guilt or anything like that, but they felt like they, if they, if they were there when he got into this and fell into this hole, they need to help him try to climb out of it. And I right. think that was a good debate at the time, if you remember. There was a lot of controversy, a lot of conversation whether or not the Cubs were doing the right thing. And there were a lot of protests from women's rights advocates who wanted to know they weren't happy with the Cubs' reaction to this, and they wanted them to cut ties immediately with Addison Russell. Yeah, and I think that this is like a completely different um, situation. And, and again, you know, the, the, 
if they want to just sit back and wait for the business to be resolved. I mean, I understand the difference between being responsible for four million and twelve million is a significant amount of money, but I, I just, I, I mean, I, I, I would not want him in any way connected to my organization, even if only as a uh, a mistaken signing. I don't think you're wrong there, and I think that's a, an honest opinion, and we we share it, and a lot of people react to that. We're getting some pushback on the text line, and I, I wonder what people think out there listening, 312-644-6767. Are we unfairly jumping to a conclusion that we shouldn't jump to right now and saying that Mike Clevenger, based on the information that we've been able to find out about this allegation, is somebody that I would not want to represent my baseball team. I, he's not somebody I want yes. to see in a White Sox uniform. Right. Is, is that going too far this morning reacting to this investigation and this story in The Athletic on Tuesday? What is the pushback? Well, some people have referenced the fact that in 2015 we didn't have this sort of reaction to Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks. Some people have referenced 2016 when the Cubs traded for Araldis Chapman and we were just happy that he was their closer now. Oh, I, I don't think that's accurate. I, I don't either, Molly, but I think that those people are out there looking at and, – and there's two sides to every conversation, but I, I don't know how you can justify – even if the Sox are finding out things for the first time after the investigation began – based on the limited amount of information that we're privy to, I don't know how you put that guy out there. I don't know how you stand behind him. Yeah, no, and this is different than any of those situations. Honestly, it's just a lot different. And um, uh, this is is just troubling. It's troubling that that things like this go on in the world. It's troubling that, you know, if someone has has some ability to throw a baseball, um, in this case – or some, you know, special athletic ability. They feel that they can be, you know, as as low a human as uh, as these actions are. It, it's just troubling. It, it, there's no way around it. And and I think that, you know, for the White Sox, that's all fine and well that they didn't know about this and they couldn't have known it. You know, they, they thought they were getting a good deal. And boy, you want to talk about something blow? You know. Always look a gift horse in the mouth, right? I mean, these these things when you're talking about professional sports, and I, you know, you said it earlier. You know, there there are some there's some troubling stuff in this guy's background before this happened. Well, and is that fair stuff. to introduce yes. to? Okay, so so that stuff that you're referencing that is easy to find out with anybody who just spends a little time looking for it. Yeah, Tre- Trevor Bauer's one of his best buddies in baseball. Is Mike Clevenger, and and Mike Clevenger was part of, uh, he had a relationship with the woman that was making the accusations against Trevor Bauer, which says nothing except for the fact that they were in the same circle, and there have been stories out there that talked about their friendship and how close they were, and how they are you know connected in some way. That is not a guy that I want to be associated with <laughs> in baseball. If I if I'm uh, a major league baseball player, Trevor Bauer is the last guy I want to see uh, my name associated or next to in a story about friendship. That just so that should be at least a red flag. Doesn't mean anything, but it should it should maybe end up on your radar if you are investigating the background of a player you want to pay twelve million dollars to. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I don't. I, again, I, I think, um, I think the Sox will will do the right thing here. I, I don't think we're ever going to see this guy. Just personally, I don't think we're ever going to see this guy pitch for the White Sox uh, after that. I, I just, I really don't. But, um, and I'm not as troubled as to, you know, why the policy is the way it is, and what, you know, shouldn't they have done um, uh, more to to figure this out? I mean, I, to let people know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't – I mean, once you know, are you supposed to announce it? Hey, by the way, I think there are uh, – again, there are rules with um, – in MLB well, and with the Players Association that would prevent that information from coming out. Well, let me ask you this, though, before we get to the phone call. Yeah. If he were accused of taking PEDs or had something in his past, don't you think that – that somebody might have – he might be on a list somewhere with Major League Baseball that would have been shared with potential uh, free agent homes for, for these guys. I, I just wonder that. I cynically wonder that if you take, take PED seriously and it would warn teams off of those kind of guys before they would, you know, give somebody a heads up, hey, you might not want to, you know, sign that check yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah it's a good point, David. I, I, I guess you <sighs> – I mean, you know, you gotta allow the system to do its course, and you gotta allow. It, it's just if you do any kind of research on this story, um, if you just go to social media and spend two minutes on it, you're gonna feel that uh, the, that it's it's not worth going through any kind of investigation. The investigation seems fairly. Uh, uh, obvious. So the, the nature of the allegations and the yes. evidence that is on social media reminded me again. That's the parallel that I'm drawing to the Addison Russell situation. His ex-wife yes. went public, or at least those details were made public before the end of that investigation. And so we did jump to conclusions because what we saw was disturbing and much the same way. That's what I was reminded of looking through this information and evidence, if you will yesterday when we were talking about this story for the first time and and, and you know david I, I was thinking of an incident um with someone that that i knew uh the, and um i was talking to a mutual friend of ours and i was saying god you know how horrible is that situation because the the uh the wife has called the police and now this guy's job is is probably in jeopardy and so she's put her family at risk because this happened and this incident. And my friend is like, are you an idiot? Do you think this is one time? Do you think that's how these things work? Do you think somebody, and I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I guess I am an idiot because I had, I had not contemplated that possibility that you, that these things lead to that, that, that it doesn't just, it's not like there was a drunken, a bad moment or something. It, it It's, it's pretty it's pretty incredible when you stop and think about what how, what lengths things go to before that is reported but it's never idiotic to try to reserve judgment and to wait till the other side of the story is presented because that's the way you're conditioned that's the way you were trained as a journalist you want to be fair there but what you see in the terms of evidence you do you're human you see that and you think human nature says it can't be just one time it doesn't yeah. happen that way. Yeah. That's typically not the way it goes, and that's that's why I think it is disturbing and disappointing. All right, we've uh, we've got to get to a break. We're going to bring in Ozzie Guillen. We're going to talk about the White Sox and where they're at. 
talk about uh, we got to get into this uh, Eloy story, but unfortunately this story now is uh, is sort of the lead one uh, with the White Sox, whether they like it or not. It's Mully and Haw on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ozzy Guillen. That's a White Sox baseball. <laughs> Analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. Hold on, La Pantera. La Pantera. No, Pantera. La Pantera. There we go. 2005 World Series winning manager of the White Sox. Tying run at second, two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out, and the White Sox have won the World Series. No holes barred baseball opinions. Eaton, nobody like you. Did you give Adam Dunn a mental break or he just... Uh, yeah, I had two bottles of vodka. Ozzie Guillen with Molly and Hall on 670 The Score. Mully Ed Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always a joy to talk to Ozzy Guillen, and he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Ozzy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Very glad to be back with you guys. Yeah, we're delighted. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, the story of the day is what happened yesterday. Mike Clevenger is... uh, is under investigation for domestic abuse and for child abuse, and uh, and that really changes sort of the uh, the offseason pitching story. The Sox went out and signed uh, Mike Clevenger to a one-year deal, and it's uh, it's a situation now where you gotta wait and let Major League Baseball do its investigation. It just puts a pall over the season in a way. Well, you know, to be honest with you, it's very sad to hear that very uh, complicated subjects, very, uh, very, very tough to talk about it because uh, when the Major League Baseball do an investigation, that means this is true. They're not going to waste time in something they know they can uh, see what's going on. Uh, seeing like it's had been doing, you know, had been. A uh, few years with him, I just read a couple of tweets and I just read a couple of things, what you say. Uh, we have to wait and see if this is true. But uh, obviously, is it true or not? You know, we have Bauer, they got to, you know, we had a Bauer, this example, what they did to him. All of a sudden, we find out he wasn't not guilty and still have problems. Uh, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. I think the White House uh, had to be ready to plan B without him. Because I think a Major League Baseball uh, is going to punish him, and the way they're punishing people doing those kind of things, uh, it's not the one, the easiest one to escape. And uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the White Sox right now they have to be in Plan B. Something you don't want to hear about it. Something you don't want to be part of it. Something you you know, I mean, you're a human being. You're married. Uh, nowadays, I have a, a, a two little granddaughters. Uh, I don't know exactly how my reaction is going to be. Is, is that happened to my granddaughters? Uh, it just everything's going to be negative for the White Sox and obviously for Cleveland, Cleveland and his family. 
Uh, so this has been going on for a couple of years. We just find now a couple of days ago, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. I'm sad because I'm glad because they, they find that right before spring training, and uh, I'm very sad because this kid, I'm not going to talk about him helping the White Sox, talk about how about him, about his life, of the field. Uh, he might can't play anymore. You know, it's just so many negative stuff waiting for him. Uh, it's, it's just sad stuff to be watching. Ozzy, it's great to talk to you again, and a belated happy birthday uh, from over the Thank weekend. you. So I, I think that when you're, you look at your experience as a manager, and maybe even is, is, uh, in, in the winter leagues as a, an executive and a manager, have you dealt with situations like this before that are very delicate? And if you have, based on that experience, what would you tell the White Sox to do next? How important is it for them to step out and to make somebody available just to reassure people that this isn't, acceptable behavior and that they do have a plan, even though it might not be plan A, but they are going to respond to this. Uh, it's kind of hard because why so put themselves in a the situation they got to answer the question they should. I have the same problem with Vasquez. I don't know if you remember this kid. I, I know you guys see it on TV a lot. He's, he just beat the crap out of his wife or his girlfriend in the minor league system. Uh, he was playing winter league in my ball club. And, um, you know, the first thing about it, well, you know, you're going to play winter league, not too many people worry or care about it. But in the meanwhile, the, the owner and the, and the general manager asked me about it. I said, you know what? I really don't have anything to it. I don't, I don't think you should be dealing with in Venezuela with that. Uh, very short history. I said, you know, I think it should be out for at least a year. It was it was out at least for a year, and now still he go back to play. You talk about winter league, you talk about another country. That happened here in the United States. These kids couldn't play anymore here. Uh, this kid is is having a very hard time uh, playing. I think in Mexico because the league is uh, is had to be allowed with the major league baseball, and he put himself in a tough day. That happened to me. I said, you know what? I, I don't think this kid. I love this kid. I know this kid for a little for a long time. I said, don't put him in the spot like he had to answer questions everywhere he go. And that's what I say, you know, it's sad to see that, but I think the White Sox have to be ready because I don't think you're going to be in the ball club for different reasons. Or to at least make things clear. But Bauer, Bauer's stuff was clear. You know, I mean, I don't know what they did, what, what, I, I don't care. But it was there and still, they still punishing him big time. And uh, I asked a couple of people, say, hey, the White Sox is just sign Bauer. And they were like, you crazy? Well, yes, I was. But I think Bauer's arm is a lot of things to do. But it's just, it, it, they say no guilty. And everything move on. And mainly baseball still punish him. And I, I expect uh, almost similar punishment to, to, to Clevenger than, than, than Bauer did. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see him as a White Sox player. Uh, Ozzy, I don't know if you followed this story uh, with Aloy coming out and talking about now being a right fielder. It, it, it's kind of amazing. You know, they kind of moved him to DH, and you felt good about him as a DH. Uh, they go out, and they uh, they get a left fielder. And now um, you, you hear from, uh, from Aloy, uh, I think it was two days ago, where he says that, uh, you know, he, he still – believes he's an outfielder he he came and played dh basically because of injury and uh you know he's his goal is to be 
the right fielder now, which I just think is kind of crazy just because I don't think he has the arm strength to be uh, a right fielder. I don't know that you want to see him in the outfield. And, you know, it, it, they're just they're just getting going. They haven't even gotten to spring training yet. But did no one tell him that they're hoping he will be the DH and that that's his position? And, and what's wrong with telling him that? You know, I'll be honest, I was last. I, I respect his opinion. I do because still young. You don't want to have the the age uh, guy for the rest of his career. But then the value when you play the the, the field is obviously it's a little bit uh, more money and more value for the ball club. But uh, I don't think I think I think the White Sox should stop and say, you know what, kid, you gotta be the the age. Uh, this uh, soap opera. Is it on and on for the last three years? Uh, when you say you want to play one thing, you know, I want to play two. I want to play right now. I'm 59 years old. I want to play right now. <laughs> so I can. You know what I mean? It just, it's just, it's like I had the same, I got the same problem when I went to the Marlins with uh, Ramirez. It, it was a shortstop. They signed, they signed uh, Regis. And I'm in my, in my house back in Venezuela. All of a sudden, I had a phone call from Ramirez. Hey, I'm not going to be the shortstop, blah, 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 blah. Now it's, I take, it takes me like half an hour to, hey, listen, to convince them. Reyes coming in. Wow, Reyes is supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But, okay, I'm going to be the third base. Next, two days later, maybe got a couple of drinks with his friend. And I'm going to play third base. Uh, I'm the shortstop. I said, well, not talk to me. Talk to the owners. Talk to the people out there. I don't care. <laughs> Then and finally, yeah. I, I, finally, I got tired. Honey Ramirez, yeah. Finally, I got tired. I said, listen, kid, let me tell you one thing. You don't know me. You're going to be on third base or you're going to be in Dominican Republic. That's easy. <laughs> that easy, easy is that. I'm tired. I said, you know you're going to be the third base. Now, quit playing games, kids' game. If you not play good third base, man, I will blame myself. Don't take any. Pro- don't put any pressure. You're not a good fielder. You're a good hitter. You worry about hit. I went through the everything. I go back to the spring training. I, I sit next to him and say, listen, you're going to be the third baseman, and you're not going to play anywhere else. That's it. You, the day you don't want to play third baseman, you let me know you're going to be in the bench with me. That's easy as that. And besides that, every time Hanley got four hits, love third base. Oh, love it. Oh, I love third base. All the song, Hanley's all for four, and I hate third base. I can't hit because I'm playing third base. I, I, I really got tired of that. And uh, I think you have to be careful about it. Uh, if Elohim man it was Andrew Jones, I like, yes, sir, you're right. But it's not. And to me, it's easier to play left field than right field, especially when you play left field all your life. Uh, and I hope somebody has some guts in, in the White House organization, uh, if they have son, to tell him before spring training, got to give him a call. And I think they did. I don't know. I hope they did. I said, listen, bro, you're going to be on the age. You're going to be on the age. You like it or not. That's all you can do. You cannot play. You, you, you prove off wrong for the last three years to put you in the outfield. And I, I think defense is an important game. We want you happy. Yes, we do want you happy. But also, we want the team better. And the reason we trade, the reason we don't sign Jose Abreu is because you have to play at the age. That's it. That's it. The reason we don't sign Jose because you, we have a, you know, you're going to be at DDH, and we're going to move on into first base, and, and, and we have to move on. And uh, I hope this kid understand that. I'm really, I truly understand his point. I do. I truly understand his point. But in the meanwhile, uh, when you talk about 
uh, we care about winning, we care about this. You see, that's an easy example. Players always put themselves the self before, including myself, I play baseball. I include myself, we put themselves before, we put the ball club, and that's something we have, they have, you know, people have to deal day in and day out, but I think this ball club is better with him in the in, 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 in DH spot. They need his bat in the lineup, no doubt about that. At right field, there's still a question. Maybe it's Oscar Colas who answers it. At second base, well, it's still a question. Well, Nicky Lopez is a guy that they apparently are looking at with the Royals. That's the latest report. And catcher, Ozzy, they still have yet to address that with Yasmani Grandal and another component there. Why is the Sox roster this incomplete this late in the winter? Uh, first of all, you can find a backup catcher everywhere. As, uh, as a guy can help you there. They, they pray to... Grandal, I can go out there and at least catch, catch 130 games, at least, plus DH a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit of first base. You know, it depends how he's hitting. Uh, the second base is a problem the White Sox for a long, long time. So maybe, maybe since Iguchi, they had a problem <laughs> every year. Every year they put a second baseman, uh, and, and you know, in the spot to play. Uh, second baseman is really very important. You know, I'm. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised they don't sign Mendick. Yeah. Because I remember Mendick was the best player they have besides Abreu. Sorry, best player they have for a month last year. All of a sudden, this kid, this kid don't get hurt last year. I think the White Sox uh, do a better job last year in the stats. But uh, I think this kid, all of a sudden, he disappeared. And I don't know. I don't know the reason. I don't know if they're going to have they already have the two kids play at second base. Uh, you know, we don't know how T.A. is going to show up. Now I see your little change is a mechanic. Uh, we don't know. The only guy we know is going to be fine is Dylan Z's. Everybody else is a question mark. You know what I mean? I talked to, I, I talked to Moncada a little bit about it. I open, tried to open his mind. And the way he looked at it is that it's going to be a big year for him. Um, I got the, the pleasure to talk to him. They had the guts told him exactly what I feel about him, and he, he, he agreed with me. Uh, it's one thing about it, we're going to see the same Mokata, guys. We're going to see the same guy, no life, very quiet kid. It's, it's not his fault, but I think he had to be better in what he is. Not just for the White Sox, just for him, you know, for him to enjoy the game. He might really enjoy the game. And it's a lot of question mark out of now. Hendrick is down. Uh, everybody say, oh, we put this guy, that guy, and that guy, but nobody knows how hard it is to be the closer in, in the game anymore. You know, you have to be type type of like him, like Hendrick, you know what I mean? Goofy, lovely, tough guy, forget everything right away, don't blame anybody when he's doing bad. That, you know what I mean? Just, just, you, you will miss that spot. I no doubt uh, anybody can say, you save, you, you, you are closer all year long. You, by mistake, you will say 25 games, by mistake. Uh, maybe 30, and that's the reason I think they're going to miss this kid. Uh, but I get back to Jimenez. I said, you know me, just talk to him, second baseman. Uh, hopefully one of those guys step up and, and do the right thing in the right field. I think everybody's big, big in Cola. I don't think Cola is a gold glover. Uh, so, I saw a couple of highlights on him. I saw uh, Osney. My son see him a lot in the minor league this year. And he said, Dad, this guy can hit. This guy, this kid will hit in the big league. But I don't think he's going to be a, you know I mean, a gold glover outfield. He's not going to be his flying the bases, but this kid can hit. 
I said, why not give him the opportunity to see what he can bring to the table and move on? You know what I mean? Sometimes they leave those guys too long in the minor league. When they come to the big league, they, 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 it's a little too late. They, they make a mistake. They cannot send him down. You know what I mean? So many things. But otherwise, so they got a lot of question mark up there. The biggest is is uh, Clevenger stats. Where are you going to be? And you know I me. Mean? Well, then you have to move on. And uh, and, and, and thank God they did it now. When spring training is is, is closed, uh, it's not the season is closed. But uh, they they have a couple of holes. They got to figure out what they're going to do. Maybe they wait for a spring training to see who step it up and do the job and win the job. Ozzy, you're the best. Great catching up with you. I don't know if you saw uh, that you were on uh, Twitter the other day. A no-hitter in Major League history has been intentionally walked out of the nine hole as often as Ozzy Guillen. And then uh, Jay Kuda, who does a great job on Twitter, he threw a couple of extra things in there. You are the all-time White Sox leader in walk-off walks. You have the highest percentage home runs hit with men on base minimum 20 homers in American League history. And uh, and he writes, you're one of two gold glove winning all-star shortstops named Ozzy with 69 triples and 28 home runs. <laughs> so. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know how, how good I was at shortstop uh, because I don't, you know, I mean, I really don't go for stats. I just care about how much money they're going to pay me a year. <laughs> and uh, my kids, uh, they're crazy about baseball. They put up like I was the best shortstop for last for seven years in a row. All kind of stuff, and uh, and I said, yeah. And the guy strike out the less, and I said, yeah. But I also, I never walk. But uh, I, it's one thing about it. I I I gotta switch myself the way I think about it because yeah. the way we play is not the same way people play nowadays. You know what I mean? We talk about that every day. Now I try to change my mentality about getting players behind because they don't play every day because they don't they don't play. They don't move the guy over. They don't steal bases. A couple of days ago, I just saw a, we score a, a winning run. Uh, I got an infield hit. That's just second. Then, then the pass, pass ball's coming up. We squeeze. We win the game. And I said, man, we miss those type of game. But I have to realize it's 2023. They don't play baseball anymore. They just go out there and produce. And I have to start dealing with that because that really killed me when I watched those games. And I don't see they doing the, the little thing. And I, I guess I'm the only one wrong in baseball because they, they play different baseball now. Great stuff, Oz. You're the best, Ozzy. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care. All right, guys. That is Ozzy Guillen. 312-644-6767. Mully and Hall on the score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Great to talk to Ozzy, David. Yeah. It's always fun. And uh, well, he said some interesting things, things Mully. Yeah. He said some things worth revisiting. Number one, this investigation that's going on certainly you wait until the end of it because due process is everybody's entitled to that. Even you know these investigations done by MLB. But it sounds like Ozzy believes, like a lot of baseball people might believe, that they're not going to waste their time unless they really have compelling evidence to go into this. So you should be bracing for a bad result. I don't want to say the worst possible result, but the White Sox have to have a contingency plan that is without Mike Clevenger. So it, after talking to Ozzy, it reinforces what we have been saying this morning is that the limited evidence that we have seen via social media and otherwise 
the evidence that MLB is investigating shouldn't be ignored either. Yeah, no question it's about significant. it. significant. Yeah, it is significant. So um, let's get to the phone lines. A lot of people want to check in, and we should uh, uh, we should let you know the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download that BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And the BetQL network is available nationwide in the Odyssey mobile app and website, over 10,000 home and auto-connected devices, and BetQLnetwork.com. We'll start with Hassan. He's listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Hassan. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. Hey, fantastic interview with Ozzy, and I just wanted to call in and share my little bit of two cents on, you know, I don't have an, I, I'm going to be one of the people who don't have an opinion on Mike Clevenger until we know all the facts and details. I think that's the only fair thing a listener could do. We don't know everything, and just let him go through his process and let MLB do what they do. They, We all know the position that professional sports has had on that issue and let that work out as it may moving forward. However, I did want to comment just on how awesome it was that to hear Ozzy talk about baseball being played a different way now. And if we, if those of us who are fans, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm from the South side, but I uh, love the Cubs. And I just love the watching the way that, that, that teams are able to manufacture runs versus sitting and pounding away at. And I think that's what Ozzy was alluding to and maybe why he can't coach in this generation anymore. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I think that Ozzy is talking like an old school baseball guy, and he's not the first one to point that out. He might feel a little bit removed from it. Uh, the way the game is played today is different. Be curious to see how it is moving into this season with uh, the shift being banned and the pitch clock coming around the right around the corner. Game is changing, and I guess you have to evolve. And Ozzy is uh, saying what a lot of people are feeling. Yeah, I you know I think it's uh, I think it's interesting. Because I think that's that some of the things that Ozzy says are are very true, and and you've got to be able to play baseball in different ways, and you've got to be able to kind of, you know, manufacture. I I understand the importance of production. I understand the way we view the game, but I think what's going to be interesting is to see if Pedro Grafol to see how he manufactures runs if they're not being produced normally. Right. I, I'm very interested to see the way. That, that he lines it up. I want to see if there's an improvement on their defense. I want to know uh, how this team gets better. And at some point we'll revisit this, Molly, but in the interest of time, it just condensed what he said to me on Saturday when I asked him, Pedro Grafol, that is, how much does a manager have an effect on the wins and losses and, and the standings? And he said, basically, because what you're describing is it moves here, moves there. What do you believe? Old school versus analytics, that kind of thing. And he basically said that, the impact a manager has is not quantifiable that you cannot really measure that in the, in wins and losses. And like we all want to say, well, there's a four game bounce because Joe Madden was here, or there's a two game bounce because of Tony LaRusso, whatever the case may be. He's saying it's more than that. It's different than that. And I think that's what we want to look at the overall impact that Grafol has. And then we'll break down his moves in game. Yeah, no question about it. Let's get to Psycho. Psycho's in Westchester. Hey, Psycho. Hey, guys. Love the show. Hey, David, I want to talk to you. With the Hall of Fame vote yesterday with Scott Rowland making a Hall of Fame, I wanted to ask you again who you voted for and were you shocked by only one uh, nominee got in the Hall of Fame last yesterday? I was surprised and somewhat disappointed that it was only Scott Rowland that got in. I don't like having Hall of Fames open their doors and then having it really hard to get through necessarily because of the numbers support his candidacy and the, his enshrinement. I voted for Scott Rowland. 
I voted for Todd Helton. I voted for Mark Burley, Andrew Jones, and Billy Wagner. And only Roland got in, and Helton was 11 votes shy. Let's get to a break. 312-644-6767. I believe we've got Dan next. Uh, Dan Wiederer will join us next. We can talk about the NFL playoffs through a Bears perspective and uh, and how uh, how we look at it through that filter, quarterback movement, etc. A lot going on in the league. And we'll talk to Dan Wiederer next. It's Molly and Hall on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.